ding-dongs. Welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast normally about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she once stole a guy's motorcycle after he told her to smile. It's my sister, Marissa. And I did it while wearing a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. <laughs> that you stole off a mannequin. That I stole, also. I mean, don't forget about that bomb leather jacket, because I have a lot of things to say about that outfit. Um, <laughs> it's pretty much most of my notes. I guess I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, huh? <laughs> Friends, uh, we took a little break. Some of it was planned, some of it was not planned, but thanks we for... We busy, okay? <laughs> we busy. <laughs> and... Uh, This week, though, we had to talk to all of you. We had to talk to each other, and we had to put this out in the world because we are back with our feelings on the new uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe joint, Captain Marvel, starring Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. So um, I guess I'll try to do as good of a recap as I can. Wait, before you do a recap, a little housekeeping. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Uh, housekeeping, you can find us. This will be very quick. iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Please rate and review us. Uh, you can also follow and like us on Facebook, where we have a group called The Good Play. Twitter, we are at The Good Play Pod. And Gmail, you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. And now let's get into it. Let's just get into all of this. Someone emailed us with... Oh, yeah? Um, possibilities for more time of your afterlife (laughs) oh awesome yeah we kind of we we actually we have like a lost episode that we we took notes for but we haven't you know recorded yet so maybe we can pick that back up yeah the the good place hiatus is long 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 it's like a (laughs) drought (laughs) long painful hiatus we're gonna have to think of a lot of things (laughs) to do in that time so yeah yeah so the interesting thing about this movie is, so it is an origin story for Captain Marvel, who she's never called Captain Marvel within the movie, but that is what the movie is called. So let's just call her <laughs> Captain Marvel. Sure. The, the the strange thing about this is that it is an origin story, but it's a pretty fractured origin story. Yeah. And in point of fact, you know, there is some stuff, there's a lot of like reversals and twists and things of that nature so that, you know, I'm going to tell the story as best I can, but probably I'm going to kind of like forward spoil some stuff, right? That if you're watching the movie, please watch the movie. I was going to say, we, we usually, I listen, I, in order to prepare for this, I listen to our Infinity War episode, which is one of my faves. And um, we talked, we did talk a little bit about Captain Marvel showing up at the end, uh, or the pager, but we are all spoilers all the time, as per usual for our movie episodes. So if you have not seen Captain Marvel and you don't want it spoiled, stop listening to this. We do not take offense. Go see the movie, come back and, and listen along with us. We won't even know. <laughs> we won't, exactly. <laughs> we won't even know. <laughs> I, I honestly think, I thought this movie was really, really solid. And yeah, me too. I honestly think that it is one of the movies that can be spoiled. You know, that if you actually know everything going in, it's going to have a lot less of, a, of an impact on you than if you go in a little bit blind. Yeah, yeah. And we can actually, so, uh, wh- when you're doing the recap, I, I can interject with moments where there was a particular spoily thing where I was like, I bet you this is going to happen. And then it did. So. <laughs> oh, um, okay, cool. Yeah. So we open on the planet Hala. Hala? Hala? 
Holla. Holla. <laughs> Holla. <laughs> We're back. We're back, everyone. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. I've been carrying a Captain Marvel backpack for like the last almost year at this point. And it has that star on it that she has on her uniform, which is a Hala star. But if someone had asked me, like, what's that star called? I would have been like, H-A-L-A. I've only, I've just read some comics. I don't actually know how it's pronounced. (laughs) It's a Hala star. Okay, cool. (laughs) So we open on the planet Hala, where we see Brie Larson has a dream about Annette Bening. So uh, Brie Larson, (laughs) she's called Veers at this point in the narrative. But we know that her, her, she's Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. So I'm probably just going to call her Captain Marvel. Okay. The... Annette Benning character that she sees in the, the dream. The legend Annette Benning. I'm sorry. The I was legend like, Annette, Annette Benning. What are you doing? What are you doing in this movie? There were some interviews with her where she was like, I don't understand superheroes. My kids had to explain all this stuff to me. I love that even more. She's so great. Anyway. So I'll just, I'll just call her Annette Benning for now since her identity she, yeah. is definitely a, a spoiler. But yeah. so... Captain Marvel, who is not yet Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel is having this dream about Annette Benning, and Annette Benning gets killed, and then she wakes up, and she kind of goes to Jude Law. So Jude Law is Jan Rog, is the character's name. I did not. She goes. Spo- spoiler. I did not know his name throughout the entire movie. I did. They say it once. I don't actually <laughs> they, know. I read it in a review. It, they say it at most two times. It's very okay. shrug. Which I don't really I know what. The, yeah. <laughs> She goes to Jan Rog's sort of bedroom and is like, hey, I can't sleep. Let's fight. And so they have like a little sparring match and he's telling her and she's got these like photon blast fists and he, she yeah. uses them against him because she has them and he doesn't. And he's like, you know, we gave you we Cree. So he is a Cree soldier in yeah. Star Force command. He says, we Cree gave you those photon blast fists, you know, to use responsibly, and you can't use them responsibly, so I'm going to take you to the Supreme Intelligence. And he takes her to the AI that runs Cree civilization called the Supreme Intelligence, which, that isn't creepy at all. <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, I mean, at a certain point when, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when Ronan shows up, I saw this with Kate, obviously, and I was like, obviously. I was like, I saw, I saw it with a, a few people, at least two of whom are listeners to this podcast. So hi guys, <laughs> what up, what up? Uh, I saw it with Kate, and I was like, where do I know him from? And he's, and she's like, he's been in Guardians, and he was like, kind of a bad guy. And I was like, oh, uh, what? And so that kind of well, so. So, yeah, Supreme Intelligence, it yes. is a little, you're like, mm, something a little, eh. yeah. Creepy. So, I mean, I actually, yeah. honestly, I didn't know anything. This was coming. I, I I was totally, I was gobsmacked by everything in this movie, but it's fine. Great. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> awesome. So, so the Supreme Intelligence is like, takes the form of Annette Benning, who Captain Marvel's like, I, I don't even know who this is, but you're telling me that, like, this is the person I admire most or whatever and the supreme intelligence is like yeah you know anyway you have to control you have to control your emotions you must control your emotions blah 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 it's it this is like the constant message she gets from all the kree is like your emotions make you weak you have to let go of your emotions including anger you know you have to let go of everything and this is the only way you can become like the perfect kree soldier it's very uh like jedi so jedi you know doctrine as well anger leads to yeah hate, that's interesting all that stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the Supreme Intelligence is Yoda. You heard it here first. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Crossover! <laughs> so there is a mission that goes bad where Captain Marvel goes out with her little Star Force band, which includes Yon Rog and Min Irva. <laughs> Otherwise, What's up with these names, Minerva. everyone? This is just how the Kree are in the comics. They have these funny. So I think when she... I think Carol's actual name in Star Force is Dan Vers, but I wouldn't swear to it. <laughs> subtle, uh, subtle. Yes. So they all go out on this. They're going to like this border planet of the Kree Empire, and it's like, oh, there might be scrolls hiding there, and scrolls are shapeshifters, and scrolls are evil. And it does turn out to be something of a scroll ambush where they capture Captain Marvel and the rest of her band it, it does not get captured. So she is taken to a scroll battleship where they are probing her memories. And, and it's very clear that they are kind of playing like like a VCR with her memories. Actually, I really liked this. I liked this part. I liked uh, mm-hmm. the the effects here of kind of like going into her memories and rewinding and trying to change things and zooming in and all that. I thought that was very cool. Right. Trying to get her to concentrate on various parts of her memory when she's not fully cognizant that this is the thing that's happening in her mind. In her mind, she's just sort of having memories, but it's sort of weird. And you hear this voiceover of the scroll kind of fiddling around with the playback. And then at some point she wakes up and she uh, knocks them all out <laughs> It's great. She takes on like tw- she takes on like twenty of them. It's like um, it's like the scene at the end of Serenity where uh, it is. Uh, Summer Glau destroys all the Reavers. I mean, she just lays waste to them, and she gets out into an escape pod. But the escape pod has been damaged, and it sort of immediately crash lands on Earth or a planet C fifty three, as they call it, into a blockbuster. <laughs> I was like, she kind of, what What do we need to know that this is the 90s? You crash land into a blockbuster video. Yeah, basically. And then she goes out to a police officer who's completely, like a security guard, really, who's completely stunned by her. And she's like, hey, I'm Kree Starforce. Like, I just need to find, like, where can I get comms equipment? And I turn to the person sitting next to me and I go, Radio Shack. And then he points her to the Radio Shack. Yes. <laughs> so she's able, with parts from the Radio Shack, to make an intergalactic phone call holographic sure. phone call sure to uh yon rog who is like sit tight don't do anything the scrolls are probably already there and we will come get you but the nearest jump point so it seems like the kree have the ability to travel faster than light but it has to be through these basically like wormholes like, they can't just, like, in Star Wars, they can't just sort of, like, be like, okay, going to hyperspace. Like, it doesn't work like that. They have to go to right. these wormholes. So they're kind of constrained in how much they can really bop around the galaxy or whatever. It would be really useful if they had a light speed engine. Oh. So. Mm. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, Jan Rog is like, just hold on. We'll be there in, like, 22 hours. And don't go anywhere or do anything. And Captain Marvel's like, no, I have to go find the scroll. And he's like, definitely don't do that. And then the call cuts out because she has like, paid, like, her. No, 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 no. It was like, this call cannot be completed as dialed or whatever. Remember? <laughs> yep, yep. It's yep, the yep, operator. Yep. So, and then. Okay, so then uh, Samuel L. Jackson, a.k.a. Nick Fury, rolls up. He has been digitally de-aged. I thought it was done really, really well. Me too. The, o- the only thing that gave it away was there are some action scenes later where he has to run and poor Samuel L. Jackson 
<laughs> runs like an old man because he is an old man. <laughs> like, you see a guy who's supposed to be, like, 40-something, and he's kind of like, shuffle, 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 shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, man, is this guy okay? <laughs> He's supposed to be like he's like ex military, ex CIA, or whatever. Like and he's Will like Will Smith. He, yeah, Will Smith at the beginning of uh, Men in Black when he chases down that alien on foot. He's not quite that young, right? Yeah, because he's had a yeah. career already. But like, still, you see him going shuffle, 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 shuffle. <laughs> You're like, I guess they couldn't digitally make him run. I mean, that's a fair they point. Could've, they could have given him a double that was younger. I don't know. Yes. Then they probably should have, but whatever. <laughs> shuffle. I like this. Shuffle, shuffle. That's what I'm going to say to myself at the gym. Just as fast as Samuel L. Jackson. The 70 something Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> That's my target. My target time. <laughs> so Samuel L. Jackson rolls up with Agent Coulson. Woo. And some other people. Agent Coulson's de aging is a little bit more uncanny valley yeah. to me. I, I don't know about you, but I was like, I think it's because they're mostly just adding hair and it kind of looks like plastic hair. I don't know. I wasn't yeah. into it. So they roll up and they're like, it's actually pretty funny. Like Nick Fury gets a lot of good lines in this movie. He's, <laughs> he's great. Just like, yeah, he's like, we were looking for a lady with a uh, laser tag outfit. And to her credit, <laughs> Captain, Marvel, Captain Marvel's like, yeah, I don't know. I think she went the other way. Like she's just not giving anything away. And then he tries yeah. to take her into custody, but then a scroll is has taken a human form and tries to shoot them. She grabs him and gets him out of the way. And then she immediately goes sprinting after the scroll. And poor Samuel L. Jackson is like, shuffle, shuffle. Oh, let's get in the car. <laughs> so Coulson and Fury pursue Marvel and the scroll in their car. So <laughs> at some point during the car chase, Coulson calls Fury while Coulson is sitting next to Fury at which point, Fury realizes that the entity sitting next to him is in fact a scroll. That was not... a. I was surprised by that. I was like, yeah, job. that was a. Yes, that was a scary reveal. So then he crashes the car. The scroll dies, and he loses the function in the eye that he always wears that patch on. So just bridge in mm-hmm. the gap. Bridge in the gap. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Captain Marvel pursues the scroll on the train and. Nothing much comes of it. She's not able to capture him. Um, that is she a, does weird out a lot of people. That is a badass people. fight, though. That fight she was fights badass. an old lady, <laughs> and then she fights a kind of nerdy looking guy. <laughs> because but, like, these on are the top forms of the, the train, and she's like hanging off the back of it. I thought it was really cool. You yeah, know what I really wanted for that scene? Is. And I know that they absolutely could not have done this in any way, shape, or form, but this is what I really wanted. So, this is mid 90s Los Angeles public transit. I really, yes. really wanted Keanu Reeves and uh, Sandra Bullock to be on that train. Because, you know, they have the, the subway thing at the end of Speed. I really, really wanted that. But And I, I said that to Kate afterwards. <laughs> this and Kate is such was like, a weird thing for you to want. <laughs> I said that. Well, you know I love Keanu. But I said that to Kate afterwards. I was like, I know there's no way they could have done it. And she goes, well, Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves look the same as they did when they were 25. So you probably could have done it. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a true. If Keanu shaves, yeah, absolutely. Just give him a buzz cut, put him on the train. It'd be great. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So Captain Marvel's kind of in the wind at this point, and then she goes to an internet cafe because she kind of, in her own memory, she saw uh, the woman, she sees Annette Benning, 
and she gets her name and she gets who she works for. So she's like trying to Google it and she's not having any luck. And then she well, it's not Google this Alta Vista. Sorry, I'm sorry. She Alta Vistas. <laughs> she Alta Vistas <laughs> a, a bar that she saw in her memory. Yeah, and she. Okay, so she figures out where this bar is, and then she steals the motorcycle of a dude who tells her to smile. It was great. And and rides it to this bar, where somehow Nick Fury is waiting for her. I'm not totally clear on how that happened. Oh, no, that's not that's not true. He says... Oh, I, I skipped a whole scene. So this is what happens when we don't have notes. So they do an alien autopsy of the dead Skrull who was simming. That's, what the, that's the verb they use, sim. Who was yeah. simming Agent Coulson. And so Nick Fury is talking to... Someone he thinks is his boss at Shield. Fucking creepy Ben Mendelsohn. I was like, if Ben Mendelsohn's in your movie, he's a bad guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, or is he? Or mm. <laughs> mm. so they're doing this alien autopsy, and Ben Mendelsohn says to Nick Fury, like, okay, there are shape shifting aliens. You got to go find Captain Marvel and whatever. And Nick Fury's like, okay, we have an APB on a girl who stole a motorcycle, and I bet that's her. So <laughs> I guess that's how he found her, right? Yeah. And the, But then you see Ben Mendelsohn lean over the table of the dead Ugh. autopsied scroll and give him, like, a kiss on the forehead to say, like, may the gods ease your passage <laughs> into the cold world, my sweet brother, or whatever. And you're like, yeah. I mean, I knew this was coming, but <laughs> it's a little gruesome. <laughs> and also, like, not subtle at all. He's like, yeah. And the, the <laughs> hapless M.E. is like, hey, don't get too close. And Ben Mendelsohn's like, yep, don't know what's... Okay, bye. Like, <sighs> so, gross. So Nick Fury finds Captain Marvel at the bar, and they sit down and talk, and it's like, how do you tell if someone's a scroll or not? And they kind of go through it, and, you know, Captain Marvel shows off her photon blast powers, and it's like, yeah, scrolls can't do that. <laughs> I mean, also, Kree can't do that, but that never seems to stop anybody from... <laughs> Yeah. Just assuming she's Cree, but whatever. And Fury's like, look, you know, let's basically like, let's work together on stopping this scroll menace that you have told me about. So they drive to the place where he knows Project Pegasus to be because he has a clearance, right? Project Pegasus is Annette Bening's outfit. Right. So a joint NASA Air Force thing. Where they're working yeah. on, you know, creepy creepy technology in airplane, airplane hangars. Yeah. So they go, and so Wendy Lawson is her character's name. And so Fury says, like, you know, he has, like, the right clearances, which, can I just tell you, no, the government does not work this way. You can't just roll up at any facility and be like, hey, here's my badge. And they go, yeah, everything looks in order. Come on in. Like, absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> I know that take from a personal week experience. Of paperwork. <laughs> whatever so he that's fine i realize that movies have to cut these things out but yeah so he goes in the two of them go in fury and captain marvel go into this pegasus facility and they're like yeah we're here to see wendy lawson they're like great and they put them in a a holding cell basically i mean it's, it's not outfitted like a holding cell but that's what it functionally is they break out using some spy craft from fury and then they go looking in the records archives and they find essentially what they find is okay Annette Benning, who was who said her name was Wendy Lawson, we see some Cree glyphs that she kind of scrawled on this paper. So she wasn't human. She was Cree. She was here doing something. 
Uh, she was in a plane crash. She died. She, there was a pilot who took her up in the plane. And then Fury's like, hold on, BRB. And he goes and like texts. He had texted for backup while they were sort of stuck in this holding cell using his yeah, pager. Yeah, he's trying to double, uh, two-time her. I was going to say double-time. That doesn't mean anything. Two-time. He's, two, he's two-time like, usually implies like a ro- romantic thing. That's not... He's trying to double-cross her, I think is what you mean. That, that's the word. That's it. <laughs> yep. He's not really, though. I mean, he's not... <clears throat> He's not against Captain Marvel, right? He's just, they're, like, stuck in this place. Well, he's I trying didn't... to bring her in. He called for backup yeah, okay. to bring... Yeah, that's what okay. I meant. That's fair. Because he's like, so he hey, goes off to buds like... and work this together. And then he's, mm-hmm. like, secretly paging. Paging. Texting. Because it's the 90s. Paging. Yes. Nine, just a 911, like, beep, <laughs> uh, page. <laughs> just says boobs upside down. <laughs> 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 so while he's off like texting his buddies captain marvel goes further into the sort of archive of the annette benning character and finds a photograph of the so there's like a there, there's this woman who was the last to see the two of them alive and that's maria rambo and but then she sort of sees in a photograph that has maria rambo and annette benning's character in it she sees herself sort of like faded kind of in the corner, you know, where it would be hard to see her if you weren't really looking for her. And she realizes that she herself was the pilot who went down in this crash because she has no memories of her life prior to six years ago. And this crash happened six years ago. So she's like, I got to tell Fury this. But meanwhile, the backup comes for Fury, but it becomes very clear to Fury very quickly that it, they're scrolls. At least some of them are scrolls. It's never really clear how many are scrolls and how many are shield agents just kind of following the scrolls, not knowing that they're scrolls. Yeah. And then it's like chasing, chasing, chasing. Coulson lies to help Fury and Captain Marvel get out and they steal a jet. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> yep. They steal a jet, and meanwhile, the Ben Mendelsohn character, who is, of course, a scroll, as we've said, is, like, firing handguns at the jet, and I was just like, you f- are, you using- are you using handguns against a fighter jet? Are you... <laughs> is, that- is that how you guys think this works? It cracked it the work. windshield, and I was like, that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't no, happen. No, it absolutely would not happen. So, Fury and Captain Marvel kind of reconcile... You know, he's like, I tried to sell you out. And she's like, yeah, it's all right. You know, and but but there's sort of this conversation about how, you know, he says to her, you know, would your Cree commander have told you to come back for me? Because she could have escaped without him. Right. Yeah. Much easier. And she says, no, but like I was always getting in trouble for doing things that I wasn't supposed to do. Oh, because it's all about Coulson. Right. You know, Fury says Mm -hmm. like Coulson trusted his gut instead of going with the instead of going with like strict orders and then he's like aren't you doing basically the same thing captain marvel's like yeah i was kind of always getting in trouble for that right so it's just this theme again of like she has a core self an inner self of course a self that has emotions that she is supposed to be trusting right everything in this movie is telling us she needs to be trusting it but all the Cree are telling her like suppress it suppress it suppress it yeah also they pick up a cat at the they do. Hanger. Who, in the comics, in the comics, this cat is called Chewy. But now that Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars, they were like, yeah, you can skip us on this whole calling the cat Chewy thing. We're not doing that. So the cat's name is Goose, which is, of course, a reference to Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, and the cat was Annette Benning's cat, uh, but is now their cat. <laughs> Hooray, they got a cat. <laughs> 
so, so they fly the jet to Louisiana, where uh, Maria Rambeau lives with her adorable daughter. Very precocious kid. That girl was well. She had to, she had, she was probably like ten, right? Because if she remembers Carol from yeah. six years ago, she has to be at least ten. Yeah, she's adorable. So her name is Monica, and so they kind of come to Maria and Monica's house in the bayou in the Mississippi, like for <laughs> some reason. That's where they, and this must be where she's from, right? Yeah. But this is two of them living in sort of like an old ramshackle house, and they kind of pull up and. Carol, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, whatever. Carol's like, hi, um, I think we were friends, but I have amnesia. Uh, and Monica's like, Auntie Carol, Auntie Carol, I saved all your things, and I knew you were coming back. I knew you weren't dead, and it's so good to see you, and we're your real family. That's what mommy always said. Hi! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, her actual, like, former Air Force friend, Monica's mom, is like, uh, are you for real? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So they explain everything to Maria, who is obviously, like, slightly skeptical, but then is also like, yeah, I mean... (laughs) Everyone I thought you were dead, and now you're alive. Everyone who is a (laughs) normal human being, which I guess is only, like, four people, become instantly cool with every situation they're placed in immediately. Like, she was like, oh, so you're telling me... I prefer that, though. I hate it. I hate it when, like, a plot point of movies is how people, like, resist the truth for, like, long periods of time. I don't know. I feel like... I mean, I, I just felt like... I mean, I get it a little bit more for the kid, but I think for the mom, it probably would have been a little harder to be like, oh, you're an alien? What? But She, do- <laughs> she does seem very gobsmacked. You yeah, know, and, and it then, takes her a and, while to really warm up. Yeah. I, th- I think my issue is how much is a while, but that is, that's the sure. theme that I have throughout this movie of the, the only criticisms that I do have of it are about that. Mm-hmm. So. So then two scrolls show up at the house and then it becomes, so then the, the sort of twist, the twist of the plot happens, right? Which is that they have the black box recording somehow from the flight that went down. And as they, so there's a really funny bit where they have to load it into a computer and the CD-ROM takes forever to load, which Oh my God, all the adults great. in my theater were cracking up. Yes. And all the children are like, what is that, mommy? <laughs> Carol's like, what are we waiting for? It's fine. All these things will be lost like deers in rain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so as they begin the black box recording, what we get as the audience is the flashback to the whole scene of what happened. Finally, like we've been seeing snippets of it throughout the movie, but we actually get from beginning to end exactly what has happened, which is that Annette Bening's character who went by Wendy Lawson, her real name is Marvell. Marvell tells Carol, like, I need to do this test flight and it's, like, to stop war. It's just, it's to save lives. And Carol's, and, and, and eventually, and initially Marvell was like, I want to fly it myself. But then Carol was like, no, if this is about saving lives, then, like, let me do it for you. Because I think Carol is, you know, the best pilot that uh, Marvell knows, essentially. Yeah. And she's also, like, kind of itching to get off the ground right so she's she's forbidden from right so she's forbidden from flying combat so this kind of thing is all that she can really do so carol goes up with marvell in this little plane and they go up into space briefly 
They've got this yeah, weird they engine. Yeah, that. <laughs> they go up into space. They are shot down. Carol manages to land the plane in a reasonable manner so that both of them survive, even though they're both pretty banged up. They get out, and Marvell is like, okay, that was the Kree. I'm Kree. We have to destroy this engine, like, right the heck now. And Carol's like, what are you talking about? And Marvell's like, I, you know, she's try- she tries to explain something about a war and being on the wrong side or whatever. And then she's, then she is stone cold murdered by Jan Rog. Yeah, I, this was the part where I mentioned before where I was like, I bet it's this. I was, I, yeah. like, when they were like, you got shot down. I was like, it was Jude Law. It was Jude Law shot them down and, <laughs> and Jude Law. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was, uh, it was still, uh, good. This was a, a good scene. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So Jan Rog shoots Annette Benning, shoots Marvell, and she dies instantly, right? I think. Or does she sort of have like a little last like destroy it or something like that? No, right? she does. So she says she's like I've got to destroy this thing. She sits up so that she can shoot at the at the um the engine. She created a lightspeed engine and she, she she sits up so that she can shoot it. And when she sits up, he gets her in the chest and she falls down immediately. So then yeah. Captain America, uh, Captain America, Captain Marvel, <laughs> take too many captains. Okay. Uh, Captain Marvel. In the uh, comics, takes, technically she outranks him. <laughs> that's amazing. Amazing. Takes her gun. Uh, yes. And then has. And so Yon-Rog is like. Right, so Jan Rog is like, "Hey, where's the 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 energy thing that she that she was going on about?" And Carol's like, "I don't know." And so he raises the gun to shoot her, and she says, "Oh, you mean that energy thing right there?" And then she shoots it, and it's so great. It is great. <laughs> it's just so great because it's just this moment of her. She 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 would have to believe in that moment that she's going to die, right? Yeah, and that. Or th- that she would have possibly a way to survive this. And the way to survive this would be to cooperate with Jan Rog. But she just watched him murder her mentor. And so she's basically like, I'm going out in a blaze of glory and finishing what my mentor started. And I'm going to die. And that's cool. And she shoots yeah. the the engine. And it sort of explodes in this amazing like plasma wave or whatever. It knocks over Jan Rog, but it washes into Carol. And this is where she gets her, like, photon fists. And, you know, her basically her power set in the comics is that any energy directed at her, she can just absorb it and reflect it out. Dang. Which is why, yeah, <laughs> she's incredibly power- powerful. And this is why later in the movie, when she kind of, they kind of keep shooting at her, she just gets stronger and stronger because this is actually how you power her up. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you try to kill her and she actually gets stronger. Is Carol so, Danvers the, like, solution to all of our fossil fuel dependency? <laughs> just, like, <laughs> she can just power everything? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> so <laughs> she's, like, passed out on the ground, and Jan Rog is like, well, she seems to have absorbed the energy from this thing we were looking for, so she's coming with us. Yeah. And they take her and I guess we are to believe that they somehow brainwash her or maybe that the blast brainwashed her. I think they, so they install a bolt in her neck as we see, like it kind of, whenever she, earlier in the movie, whenever she's using her photon blasters or whatever, 
she's got this little bolt on her neck that lights up and it's to kind of contain her a little bit. So I think there's some of that. Yes. And then I think there's it also... It tamps her down greatly. Yeah. Yeah. And so there might also have been... Some, it seems like they... I don't know if there was like a like brainwashing a neural inhibitor. program. Or mm-hmm. if it was just like, we're gonna... Because she woke up with no memory of being human, which is like really heartbreaking. It's very... It's like really tough. But yeah, she wakes up I, with I mean, no it's memory, kind so of a shame... Kind of, it's kind of a shame that this is going to time jump. I mean, it would be nice if they went back. No, because she hasn't been back to Earth in the intervening years. That's really clear. So it's kind of a shame that we're not going to get more of the, like, you know, her kind of coming to terms with being human again. Almost like Steve Rogers style, you know, having to adjust to life. Yeah, I agree. Like a very different life. In any case. So now we go back to Louisiana, right? So this was all a flashback. We go back to Louisiana where Carol's like, oh, my God, my whole life has been a lie. And the scroller like, hey, do you get it now? Like, the Kree are the bad guys, and we are just looking for a home planet, and they have been systematically eradicating us. And Marvell was looking for that faster-than-light, trying to build that faster-than-light engine so that we could get away from the Kree Empire and settle our own home planet, like, far away where the Kree wouldn't be able to get us. And will you help us? And Carol's like, I, I guess! Like, <laughs> nothing yeah. makes sense anymore! <laughs> OMG! This was, was, again, I think I I have like a sort of meta thing that I want to talk about after we get through the the whole recap. But like, this was one of those moments where I feel like they had to have like a really quick turnaround, right? She's like, oh my God, my whole life is a lie. Yeah. She's like, my whole life is a lie. I can't believe it. And then the scroller like, hey, we're actually refugees. Can you help? And then her best, her previous best friend, who she has, like, very little memories of, are like, you can do it. Like, you are the person to do this. And, you know, you risked your life before and you can do it again. And then she's just like, okay, let's twist this. Like, she's very, very quickly <laughs> on board with with helping these people who she previously it was literally it's like but you're terrorists and he's like no we're refugees and she's like got it and then they just sort of go so (laughs) it's a little bit of that i mean he does admit he does admit like he says at some point like my hands are really bloody too yeah because she this has been a really long war yeah 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 what later on when they sort of get to the battle to get them away she's like she turns them she's like i'm so sorry like i had no idea this was happening and he was like it's you know my hands are bloody too but that's like one line (laughs) you know what i mean but yeah 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 so from the black box they have coordinates for marvell's lab and the scroller like what does this mean and and all three of carol uh, Maria and Fury are like, oh, those are like orbital positioning coordinates. And Maria's like, it's simple physics. <laughs> it's yeah, actually pretty funny. Great. And <laughs> this movie's so really funny. What, it is funny. It is funny. It's not as funny as like a Guardians movie, right? But yeah. it's it's really funny. So that means Marvel's lab is in space. It's in it's orbiting around the Earth and has been for the last you know six ten years or whatever. So they get in the jet. One of the scrolls modifies the jet to be able to go into space. And that scroll stays behind to sim Captain Marvel to trick Yon-Rog just long enough to get them time to go into space, into Marvel's lab, where they quickly discover that there is an entire colony of scroll living on Marvel's lab and have been doing for the last, again, like six or ten years. And... 
they said like Marvel told us to never send out a signal to anyone. Now like how are they getting food? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, great question. They have been they've been hiding there they, for all this time. What do they time. even eat? What do they eat? We don't know. But yeah, knows? no, we don't know. One of the little kid really knows how to play pinball. Yes, the Ben Mendelsohn character, the scroll leader or whatever, is Talos. Talos? Mm-hmm. Talos? 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 Which one? Talos. Turns out Talos's wife and kid are on this orbiting lab. And the other thing that's on this orbiting lab is, this has a lot of names, it is the Tesseract, a.k.a. the Space Stone. So, or Space Gem, if you prefer. What do you prefer, Brianna? Space Gem. Space Gem. Space Gem. So, <laughs> welcome to the Space Gem. It turns Sorry, out... <laughs> It turns out that the faster than light engine that Marvel was going to engineer is basically just like coasting off the space gem, I guess. <laughs> right? Like yeah, now, I guess. Like the whole, so now we're going to get into don't don't let me end this episode without getting into like what the f <laughs> happened with the space gem. We'll get there, but like okay. it's the space gem, guys. So uh, so at least I will say this. The space gem is a is an explanation for why Marvell went to Earth to try to do this faster than light thing, right? Because the space gem was on Earth the whole time. So one assumes that Marvell was like, okay, we need to get these scroll outside of Kree Empire Reach. Okay, we need to get them so far away that the Kree can't follow. Okay, what has the ability to do that? Uh, the space gem? Where is the space gem? This little backwater of a planet? I guess I'm going there. <laughs> Oh, it's really convenient that I'm humanoid and they're also humanoid. <laughs> yeah. Phew! Yep. Phew! Okay, great. So I can pose as one of them and use the space gem to try to get the scroll away. Okay, I died. Okay. So, by the way, none of that explanation is given in the movie. It's just that nope. I saw the movie with a... I saw the movie with a bunch of nerds and we had pizza afterwards and discussed what exactly was going on with the space gem. Bless. Bless. I love it. <laughs> so this just turns into a whole game of like, okay, we have the space gem. They don't know it's the space gem. They don't call it the Tesseract either. I don't know what they call it. What do they I don't what do they call it? It's just like a uh, MacGuffin to them. She It's the energy core did. or whatever. Yeah. They do at some point call it the Tesseract, I think. But really? or maybe I was Oh, just it's like, from oh, her nose or something. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially they have to get the scroll off the orbiting lab down onto earth to Maria's house. So they get them all onto the jet and Maria flies with fury back down to earth with all the scroll. But while they are trying to execute this, Captain Marvel is doing distraction by fighting all of the Kree soldiers who have come, you know, her former teammates, basically. So one of them is Digimon Husu, who we saw in, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes! You're right! Yeah. Yes. I know I'm right. And then <laughs> Jan Rog and Min and Irma that's, that's and just some your, others. That should be on your business card. I know I'm right. <laughs> oh, burn. So <laughs> she has to fight all of them and she whoops all of them, essentially. She does. And she does. And and the jet gets away with... And, and Maria is a heck of a pilot. <laughs> Minerva mm-hmm. goes after her, and Maria outmaneuvers Minerva in the most wonderful way. I mean, she is just she. It's like a it's like a Star Wars dog fight kind of chase. It is a Star That's Wars. That's what it reminded it's me. It's very of. Star Wars. Yeah, it's great. 
And Captain Marvel punches everybody. <laughs> Yay. And then, you know, well, you know, Brianna and I don't feel like punching is usually that exciting. This, it was fine here. It wasn't my favorite thing. But yeah, they get back down to they get back down to Earth. You know, the Marie and Fury and the Skrull are in the jet. And then um, Carol can just fly. She, her, her Kree suit has the ability, like Star-Lord's helmet, she can just be in space. So she kind of goes down to Earth. And she finds Yon Rog, and Yon Rog is like doing the whole like male mentor nonsense thing of like, now the time has truly come. I told you that you would know when you were ready, when you could prove beat me, to me. And, you know, prove to me or whatever. And she just with one photon. Oh, I skipped a whole. Dang it, Brianna! What? I skipped the whole thing. She talks to the Central Intelligence again. The the Great Intelligence. What is it called? Oh, Supreme Intelligence. That's right. Supreme Intelligence. That. The Kree ca- capture Carol. They hook her up to the Supreme Intelligence. It's a net bending again, but a net bending has some more accessories. But it's not really a net bending, right? It's the Supreme Intelligence taking on a net bending's form. Mm-hmm. And Supreme Intelligence telling her, like, oh, you were always weak and we gave you these gifts and blah, 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 whatever. And Carol's just like, no, I'm human. And that's awesome. And she powers herself up and she rips off the inhibitor chip. And then yes. she destroys everything. This That's is when it why becomes the punching clear. was more fun. I I, yes, I am remembering because, that now. Yeah. yeah, because her the thing that was keeping it, you know, before it was basically just like she had two very um, interesting strong guns on the ends of her hand. Now it's like her entire body is just a glowing pulse of energy that she can do anything with. So this was very the Matrix to me because. Mm, uh, yes, it's good, this good like callback. It's this like AI telling a human being like you're not strong enough, and there are a lot. Of, there were a lot of parallels of like I watched the Matrix sort of recently, so there, there's there's a lot of parallels. God, that movie of, like, holds up. It holds up oh, so much. So good. It, it 20 year anniversary this month. Jeez. Yeah. When you know he says like you hear that mr anderson that's the sound of inevitability and blah blah blah. he keeps calling him mr anderson and he's like my name is neo right so in this one she gets up and she's like and then of course like he's later on when he gets shot he you know gets up and he all of a sudden can like out maneuver this ai same thing happens here where she's basically like my name is carol and she breaks free of the chains of this you know supreme intelligence and then just starts like whooping everybody it's pretty great Yes. Yeah. So let me fast forward to the point that I was before I had remembered that I forgot a scene, which is that they're back <laughs> down on Earth and Yon Rog. <laughs> yeah, and Yon Rog is like, prove to me. And Carol just, with one blast of her fist, just knocks him 400 feet on his butt. <laughs> yeah. And somehow he lives. Well, you know, they've got like their suits and their, you know, Cree yeah. physiology is not human, whatever. But she's just like, I don't have to prove anything to you. And then it's she great. stuffs him into she stuffs him into like a little escape pod and is like, yeah, yeah uh, go back to Hala, Hala, and uh, <laughs> tell them uh, what does she say to tell them? Like she that says, I know uh, or something. I'm coming to end it, right? Like tell them. And that he's I'm like, I can't come back. And blah blah blah. Uh, yes. And he's like, I can't come back empty-handed. And she's like, yeah, too bad. Bye. And she Beep. like photon blasts his <laughs> engines to get them going. And he's off in a way. And then the scroll are kind of hanging out in the uh, Rambo household, and Monica's like, "Mommy, mommy, can we keep them?" And, Mar- and Maria's like, "No, <laughs> no, we cannot." Yeah. And Carol's like, "It's okay. I I am going to take them 
on a trip to and I don't know they must be using Marvel's lab as a ship I think yeah oh can we back up for one more second <laughs> yeah be- before we get to this there is during this like fight scene that we just came out of there was a moment where the Kree fire ballistic missiles at Earth to try to like destroy. Oh, I completely thank you. Yes. So, so yeah. at some point, Jan Rog calls in Ronan the Accuser, whom we know for the Guardian movies. Yeah, who it's like a lot, yeah, of, a lot of loose ends being s- stitched up in this movie. So, yeah. Ronan the Accuser comes with his like fleet of Kree warships, and he fires off all these warheads at the Earth. And Carol's like, "Yeah, I don't think so." And she <laughs> flies this up to meet insane. one of them. Insane. Insane. Yes. <laughs> But this is what I'm saying. Like, this is her whole power set, right? That, like, the velocity of that thing just kind of goes into her and, and she can remit that energy, right? Yeah. So she she stops this warhead as it's coming down to Earth and then she basically just pushes it backwards and it explodes and explodes all the other ones. And then she flies up and she... So she can fly, right? She's just energy manipulation. She's basically just, you know, rocket boot. But the boots yeah. are her feet. And she <laughs> flies up and she just... just she destroys one of the Kree warships, like, just rips through it completely. And then yeah. she goes over to where Ronan is, like... She goes over to the windshield, basically, where Ronan is. And she's like, you gonna go? Or what? Like, she doesn't say she anything. She gives him, like, the thousand-yard stare. <laughs> yes. And he's like, okay, we're gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, we'll be back. And she's like, okay, yeah. bye. <laughs> but then yeah. he says to his... He says to his companion, you will be back for the weapon. And the companion says, what, the Tesseract? And he says, no, the woman. The woman. The woman. The female. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been great if they had said that. (laughs) So essentially at the end, Carol says, I have to accompany the scrolls on their quest for a home world. So I'm going to go do that. And So I guess they took Marvell's lab as their space station. Before she goes, she Mm -hmm. gives... So she's been uh, ragging on uh, Samuel L. Jackson for his pager the whole time. And she has taken it and made modifications to it so that he can page her during emergencies. And she's very clear, like, only for emergencies. I don't want to be... They kind of have, like, a buddy cop vibe the whole way. But she's like... Yeah, they're BFFs. Yeah, she's like, I got other things to take care of that I have to go do. And so like, only call me if it's an emergency, which ties in, of course, to the first part of the last Avengers movie. Right. So we see Carol fly off kind of alongside the spaceship that, uh, that they have, that the scrolls have taken to go find another home world. And it's sort of Fury and Maria kind of left back on earth. And Fury's like, you know, we could always use a good pilot. And Maria's like, yeah, maybe. And, uh, then we see, oh, at some point, by the way, the cat, who is not a cat, the cat is a flurkin, the flurkin is an alien, the flurkin belonged to Marvel, which is why it's an alien. The cat ate the Tesseract. And so everyone yeah. at S.H.I.E.L.D. is like, where's the Tesseract? And Fury's like, I don't know. And then he's like petting the cat, like, good kitty. <laughs> <laughs> and and in the post credit sequence, we see that cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so so we see, we see Fury kind of sitting at the, at his hilariously antiquated computer like typing up like the protector initiative like earth needs to be protected from extraterrestrial threats and colson kind of comes in and is like we don't know where the tesseract is and fury's like yeah we sure don't and 
Then he then he glances at a photo of Carol and he sees that her call sign uh, that's painted on her jet, her call sign is Avenger, and that's where the movie ends. Like no, now we know that that's where he got the name the Avengers from. I was just sew everything up real tight. The yeah. mid credit scene is this very it's a, it's a little weird because the what's the matter? No, I'm just excited what? to see. I didn't realize I was going to see my boyfriend again in this movie, so I'm excited. <laughs> so. It's a, it's funny because it's tonally it's very different, right? Like we left yes. Captain Marvel, which was like a pretty like yeah, there's a lot of fighting and war going on, but it's like a space fantasy thing, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden we're we're in Bruce Banner's lab and everyone is very very serious and it's Bruce Banner and it's Captain America and it's uh what's her face Scarlett Johansson? What's her actual <laughs> character's name? Black, Black Widow. Widow. <laughs> Black Widow and uh, Don Cheadle. Whoever Don Cheadle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rody, 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 Rody. Warhammer. They're all standing around, like, thank you. Okay, fine. And <laughs> they're all like the, the 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 communications device that Fury had. Like the 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 display just went off, and they've been, they've obviously. Been, meanwhile, Captain America is like looking at a screen that seems to be displaying like how many people have died from the snap. How many people have what? yeah disappeared or whatever? And it's like mil- It's like three million people or something. Well, no, it's way more than that, right? It would be three billion people i guess it's, it keeps <laughs> so, climbing though well so that's the thing it keeps climbing and it's like well what how long after the end of avengers are we right i mean shouldn't have yeah. shouldn't it have just happened kind of instantaneously or is it just sort of news reports are coming in is this Maybe. weeks later whatever Maybe. but they're all like freaking out they're like the pagers they don't even call it a pager but like the pagers stop working we we, we enhance the battery they'd put it in this like little precious little containment unit thing they're like it's not working what are we gonna do we gotta get back on again we don't even know what it does fury knew what it did we have to we have to and then all of a sudden they turn around and captain marvel is there and she just goes where's fury and then boom (laughs) it's it's (laughs) pretty great scene is over and then we get a post 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 credit scene of of goose the flurkin uh vomiting the tesseract up onto nick fury's desk (laughs) <laughs> and very, so being we, very nonchalant about it like a cat would <laughs> so, so I, I guess when Captain Marvel went with the scrolls to find a new world like they don't have the space gem so I suppose they're just moving sort of at normal Kree speed but counting on Captain Marvel to be the buffer between them and Kree I guess probably and also um, her lab had a cloaking mechanism oh, so it's good possible point, that point. they were cloaked but yeah they've been trying to find a home world for like 20 years i guess or i don't who knows what else she's been oh, doing much longer much longer i think oh 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 oh. you mean so so here's my assumption so you mean in the intervening 25 yeah. years uh yeah. between captain marvel and the avengers so yeah i assume that the fact so you remember so i didn't actually remember any of this this is why you got to see movies with nerds who have talmudic memories but you remember <laughs> at the beginning of guardians of the galaxy that the kree who were being problematic were breakaway kree who weren't accepting the end of the kree scroll war oh okay n- nope definitely didn't remember that yeah neither did i but this is why i keep so the company Ronin. i keep that's Ronan the Accuser, Ronan. right? Got yes. it. So, All right. Yes. Yes. So I th- suspect that what Captain Marvel has done in the intervening two decades is end the Kree-Skrull War. Hey, can we get like a whole movie series about that? 
<laughs> well, yeah, enough. right? I mean, and we yeah. might. Right? We might. Because yeah. as long as it's yeah. not on Earth, then canonically she can do whatever she wants, right? So right. canonically she didn't go back to Earth in the intervening decades. But if she's out in space, ending wars, like, that's a... Pr- and that's basically what Guardians of the Galaxy is, right? It's one Earthling, but the rest of it is aliens. So yeah. you could do that movie if you wanted. Yeah. So I'm assuming that she ended the Kree-Skrull War. She resettled the Skrull somewhere... And then she's just been bopping around, kind of fighting galactic injustice. <laughs> or maybe I'm it took so a while to end the this. war. I mean, that's also a distinct possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have topics you wanted to cover other than fashion? Oh, yes. Well, uh, my first thing on my list is Brie Larson got swagger. Okay? She got swagger. I texted you after <laughs> I this movie. It's swagger. Swagger. I, I texted you after this movie and I was like, I'm not sure if I want to be Brie Larson or if I want to like be with her, if you know what I mean. I was mm-hmm. like, mm. yeah, just the leather jacket and like the ripped jeans and the whole situation. And, you know, I was like, and just like they had a lot of they did a lot of great like slow mo shots of her like walking up to a plane and I was like I'm into this it was very cool yeah. um, so I love that I'm just gonna like run through I you, thought she you... really gave off she gave off a really good vibe of like so my understanding is when she was prepping for the movie she actually spent a lot of time with female Air Force pilots yeah and she does kind of have that that sense of like the, both the toughness and also you get the sense that she kind of has to wear a mask a lot of the time you know yeah, in order like to survive humor. in the world Yes, yeah. as a deflection mechanism. Like, I really yeah. felt like she was, you know, like, this is kind of a no-nonsense woman who has had to function in a man's world her whole life. And this is the personality that she's, like, the callous she's developed in order to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that carries into her physicality, too. Like, that literal, you know, swagger is also your personality, but it's also just, like, the way she walks, the way she holds herself, She's clearly very physically, like, well-trained. I watched some, like, a little behind-the-scenes stuff of her doing, uh, doing Brie Larson actually doing some of the stunts, and it's pretty incredible what she's able to do, and I think that carries she through She pushed the movie. a Jeep up a hill! <laughs> I can't even say that word I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. So what someone had... So, uh, another, another nerd that I know sort of texted me to say, like, it's really interesting that they made the Skrull this sympathetic because they've never been this sympathetic in any of the comics. Mm-hmm. Like the Kree-Skrull yeah. war is always understood in the comics to be like, well, both of these sides kind of stink. Yeah. Well, I want to get to... Can I run through stuff that I love and then we can get to... Please, please, please. Okay. So just very quickly, the music, I loved the fight scene to I'm Just a Girl that like, you know, I it was thought very it was Guardians a- of the Galaxy. I thought it was a little over the top or on the nose or something. That was one thing I oh, actually okay. didn't like that much. But oh. to each her but own. I, I, I liked the... They had the Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls and uh, oh, Cobain. Oh, they did Desiree Gotta Be? Desiree, I was yes! Like, I was like, I, was like, I love jam. this song. So, a lot Listen, of good music. as your day unfolds, challenge what the future holds. Yes. <laughs> Everyone clapped in my theater when she got the her suit colored the right way with Monica. That was very cute. Because it's a Cree suit, but she just, like, colors it to be, like, the Air Force. Yeah. All the 90s jokes about technology, like, Alta Vista and, like, being in an internet cafe. Everyone really appreciated that, too. I have just a couple quick cameo things that I loved. Uh, first of all, Stan Lee. The tribute at the beginning, I was like, I'm already crying. And then... I know! They, they did the whole Marvel logo just with Stan Lee pictures. 
And it was like, thank you, Stan. And I was like, <laughs> and then he's on the train. He's on the train, yeah. Reading the script to Mall Rats. <laughs> if you caught that, because Stanley is in Mall Rats. I did so catch that. Someone on Twitter was like, this is MCU canon now. Like, Mall Rats is part <laughs> of the canon. Um, which, if you haven't seen Mall Rats, I'm sure it. I don't know how well it's aged, but it's it's a fun I movie. bet you it has not aged well <laughs> at all. At all. Um, and then the other cameo that I would be totally remiss if I didn't shout out was Kelly Sue DeConnick. She is, was a writer for Captain Marvel um, and kind of originated this version of the character who's like a super badass. Um, Kelly Sue DeConnick is like a force of nature in comics. She is just totally awesome. And now she writes an original series called Bitch Planet. And Bitch Planet was kind of a reaction to all of these like whiny male fans who were uh, of Captain Marvel who were like, you made Captain Marvel too much of an angry feminist. She's like, you want to see angry feminism? I will write that for you. So she wrote Bitch Planet. Um, <laughs> that she that is series great. gets re- really good reviews. Yeah, I read the first one. It's like, uh, it's upsetting. But if you are, it, it's uh, it's still really good. And Kelly Sue DeConnick is, is in the, she has like a very slight cameo she has bright red hair. That's the only reason I recognize her, like fire engine red hair oh, in real life. And so she's in the metro station after that huge train fight. When mm. Brie Larson is exiting the train, there are like a bunch of people just trying to get on the train and she's in the metro station. I was like, I just shouted. I was like, that's Kelly Sue DeConnick. And Meg was like, or Kate was like, who, what are you saying? And I was like, this is like, like Oh, go ahead. This is like at the end of at the end of Iron Man. Now I know we none of us remembers that this was the first like MCU movie, but the oh, end I of do. Iron Man at the at the credit sequence, I am the only one in the theater going, "Oh, that's Nick Fury!" <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a real person, and I did want to say like so. Her, I loved that she was in it, and I actually I tweeted after I saw the show or after I saw the movie, I was like. Captain Marvel was a blast, and then I added Kelly Sue because I follow her, and I was like, at Kelly Sue, did I spot you uh, at the metro station? And she liked my tweet, and I've never been cooler in my whole life. Um, (laughs) Well, better pack it in now, Brianna. I know. That's it. Um, Very similar to, we didn't talk about this in Spider-Verse, which I think we're going to talk about Spider-Verse a little bit in relation to this movie, but in Spider-Verse, one of the names in his uh, phone when he's like scrolling through to see if he can call his dad or Uncle Aaron is B. Bendis, which is Brian Michael Bendis, who who originated Miles. You know, he was mm. the first author. So I was like, I like these little like the MCU nods is to the nerds, nods to the <laughs> nods to the nerds, and nods to the writers of these comics in, initially. So yeah. anyway, I just I, I want to take a moment to talk about theme. I mean, I do want to yeah. touch on Spider Verse, but I want to take a moment to talk about theme, which is this is a very different origin story than we've seen from any of the other MCU characters. Yeah. We haven't seen a ton of origin stories, right? We've seen Iron Man. We've seen Thor. We've seen Captain America. Have we seen any other origins? Oh, I guess... Well, we've seen Spider-Man like 800 times. (laughs) Spider-Man 800 times and also Peter Quill. Okay. I mean, I I don't... Peter Quill's not a superhero, right? So... That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. uh, I don't know. When we're talking about... I mean, he's half uh, like a god. So maybe... That's true. We find out in the second movie, but... What, you know, what's interesting when you compare Captain Marvel's origin to, so I didn't see Thor, but I think you did. And I didn't see Captain America, but I think you did. I definitely saw Captain America. (laughs) 
And Iron Man, which I, I certainly did see, is that th- these are all pretty straightforward. Please correct me if I'm incorrect, but like those origin stories are pretty straightforward. Like a man sort of coming into his powers, whether he's creating them or whether he was born to them, yeah. sort of like fully coming into his powers in sort of like a linear way. Mm-hmm. And with Captain mm-hmm. Marvel, it turns out she actually, you know, like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz or whatever, like she had these powers inside her all along and they were being tamped down by, let's just call it the patriarchy, right? Like the Supreme Intelligence. intelligence, The Supreme Intelligence is functionally the patriarchy in this movie. Yes. And her powers are being tamped down all along because she is so strong because she has such enormous power. They know that if she were able to exercise her full range of power that they, she could destroy this, whatever you would like to call it, this, um, this empire. Well, their, their world order, right? She could destroy their world order if she wanted to. Yes. So they do two things. They put a physical binder on her to make sure she's not able to exercise her full powers. And the other thing they do is teach her that her emotions are bad and wrong and dangerous and that she must suppress them. And she learns two things, one of which is this chip is not helping her, it's hurting her, and so she discards it. And the other thing she learns is that her emotions are the only way that she's actually able to function in the world. You know, as a full person, both sort of using her godlike powers and also just operating on a day-to-day basis, interacting with other people. Yeah. And so she throws away these two, you know, this, this, this physical barrier and this great lie she throws both of them away and then she becomes the most powerful thing in the universe and that is kind of an amazing origin story for a woman it's great it's great it it i think i think i was thinking about this through the lens of all of these other movies and so you know, I I felt like it was a solid movie, but then when you had brought that up to me, I was like, oh, that's such a cool way to look at it that makes it, you know, the fact that it's different is a good thing, and the fact that, like, we get, like, you know, only bits and pieces of her life on Earth and all these other things is is part of the function of, like, her being shut off from herself, and then she finally discovers who she is, and she discovers how powerful she is, and then she kind of becomes like as you said the most powerful being in the universe so that's pretty rad that is pretty rad yeah it is and i love and you know i think your friend meg said this as well that i love that there's just there's not even there's not even a hint of a romance with anyone there's no there's the movie is the only romance in this movie is that Talos and his wife reunite, right? Which is not, I mean, calling that a romance is really stretching things, right? Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, like, this long married couple gets to reunite. That's not really a romance. That's like a, you know, that's like a tearjerker. It's like a drama. Yeah. Maria Maria is a single mom. Maria is a single mom, has apparently no man in her life. Nick Fury is single. Captain Marvel is single and apparently never had a boyfriend as far as we can tell or a girlfriend. Like, yeah. Everyone and in is fact, just we see a lot bros. of flashbacks of men in her life, in her human life. I mean, I thought this was a little on the nose, but I get it. You know, men in her life as she's growing up telling her, you went too fast, you cheated because you're better than me, you went too far, you did... Th-. Like, 
you know, you know, it's like a guy Air Force pilot being like, you know why they call it the cockpit? Ha ha ha. Like, you know, just the broiest. You know, you, you call it kind of over the top, but like, you know, that's exactly what women is, were going through in the Air Force in, the, in like yes. the late 80s. You know yes. it. Yes. Yes. And it is supposed to show an accumulation of her being suppressed by men in one way or another. The patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's just, just going to be you yelling the patriarchy because I'm not, not <laughs> I'll into try that. not to. <laughs> the patriarchy. Um, but it's true. I mean, I, and I think that's also like a reminder that like, it's hilarious to call a nineties movie a period piece, but this is a period piece. It's, it is looking back at a time, you know, when, you know, I know that we are going through a lot of stuff as women right now, but like, to think about what it must have been like for an Air Force pilot in the 90s who was not allowed to fly combat, who was a woman. The 80s, remember? Like... I mean, she's, she's, yeah, she's taken in 89. True. 89. So coming up in the 80s and having, like, very little opportunities and trying to be yourself, but then being told that, like, who you are is antithetical to, you know, what will make you, what could potentially make you successful in this field is, I think, something that... <sighs> It's easy to forget that that kind of like very very blatant stuff probably happened all the time, and and to a degree I think still happens in the military. I oh, mean, I, sure. I don't have any inside. Literally info the on same that, day, the same day this movie dropped, the first I believe the first woman to ever fly in the airport force as a combat pilot uh, came out with the news that she had been raped while she was in the service. Jeez. So like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Is fact that-, that Carol went through a lot of sexism is like not even the worst right of what right. what was actually going on at the time and is still still to some degree going on yeah so and that i and, and the fact so the fact i think there's so meg um also uh in addition to saying that she liked that there was no romantic interest i also like that i like that this was a movie about like female best friends and a lot of like and men sort of who recognize risk. when they yes. need to let the woman you know be the power yeah. and get out of the way yeah and yeah, eventually men who, realize it who respect her and understand her and it, that was great to see meg also said i had the same joy i had in wonder woman where i got to see a woman kicking ass i did too i did too i was like Wonder Woman, I don't think anything will top that scene in Wonder Woman where she goes into No Man's Land. Goes down to No Man's Land. Oh, God, that uh, scene is amazing. It's the greatest. Maybe the scene Megan where she I- sleeps with Chris Pine. Woo! Just on a personal Woo-hoo! level. That scene, <laughs> for me, <Woo-hoo>! just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, I agree. But in terms of like her, the show of force and the show of power, that was really the scene that... that I mean, Meg and I, when we saw that we saw Wonder Woman. We talked about that scene for 45 minutes. I, it was just like, that's all we wanted to talk about. And for this, I think, you know, Wonder Woman was also more of a straight origin story where you see where she comes from. You see what she has to right. kind of struggle with. And then she goes out on her own. And this, so this plays with that. Uh, and she format. learns her powers in a very linear yes. way. Remember, you know, she she's does. training with all of her aunties. Yes. Whereas this, She's got to like it's a, it's more like Rey in Star Wars where she's got to like oh yes, I exactly. think I'm this powerful and I got to get away from these like toxically masculine dudes who are trying to like <laughs> keep me down. And so what can I do and she's kind of testing her powers as she goes and she try, she's like maybe I can fly this who knows let's try and she can do it. But there was like when she there 
so there was a moment like where she goes to like she flies up and meets that missile right i was like this is bonk i was like this is totally insane and then i was like you know what but it's great i was like you never see a woman get to do this stuff ever like in all the other avengers movies it's dudes you know flying up and smashing alien you know aliens in the face i'm thinking about the in the first avengers when they have that like big alien fight where aliens invade midtown and yeah the Chitauri. and yeah and like black widow is doing the most but she's like on earth like hand-to-hand combat you know, with people, whereas, like, you've got Thor, and you've got Captain America, and you've got, uh, I was gonna say Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man up there, (laughs) like, well, Iron Man at some point, like, flies into a thing to do a thing. He flies a missile, he does the same thing, he flies a nuclear bomb into space. Like, and so that's, but that's, and so this kind of gets into this other theme I had of, like, I wish they had almost given her the same room that they had given Cap uh, that they had given Cap and they have given Iron Man because like so Iron Man 1 is still one of my favorite MCU movies. It's the first one I saw. It's like set up the whole I think it was the first I forget I forget if Captain America or Iron Man came first. It's the but... first. No, no, no. No, no, Iron Man. Iron Man was the first okay. MCU movie. So, first MCU movie, first one I saw, I loved it. But you get to see his journey from the first playboy yeah yeah but also think about like the you know captain marvel in this movie has to contend with her powers contend with being a human reconcile her life on earth fight people on earth also fight intergalactic things and also like shoot a missile into space and all these guys like she's got to like get there really quickly if you remember I mean, I loved the first Iron Man, but because they allowed... How ironic, yes! Tony! <laughs> it's his big bad is a human being in a mech suit played by Jeff Daniels. That's like... <laughs> no, that's not Jeff Daniels. Who is that? Jeff Bridges. I'm sorry. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Different Jeff. Lots of too many Jeffs. Of Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Jeff Daniels. Took a break for doing the newsroom to come. <laughs> but like... But, like, so his big bad is another human being in a mech suit who is equally matched to him, right? She... And he wins on a technicality, which is that the mech suit can't, like, make it up to altitude. Yeah. And so, if you think about that... How ironic, Tony! (laughs) We're just yelling this and also yelling the patriarchy. (laughs) Um, If you think about that, if if you genuinely think about where he started and and the fact that so he had three movies and then he's got the avengers so like he has had so much time and room to grow and contend with his powers and struggle with am i on the right side of this fight that's what civil war is am i on the right side of this fight am i on the wrong side of this fight but that built up over many movies she had to have all of this and and be and master her powers immediately and you know be very cool emotionally quickly with like all of the stuff that she contend with all these things that she had done on turns out the wrong side of this war, but she didn't know she basically was like in like conscripted into this army that she didn't ask to be a part of. She's got to deal with that. Yeah. She was kid. Kidna- she was a, she was like a kidnapped soldier. She was like a child soldier in a way. Yeah. She's like a kidnapped soldier. She, you know, has to deal with the fact that she's lost all of her memories from her time on Earth growing up. She has, you know, 
she gets all this information about her. She's she sort of has other people telling her things about her life, and 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 she's got to do all of this in one movie, which I think is what made it a little unsatisfying for me in terms of like I wish we just had more. T- I, I wish we had more time on Earth with her. I wish we had more time in space with her. I wish we had. I wish she had more room to breathe. And on top of that, they have to introduce her now, and they have to do this in this one movie very quickly and they have to get her to the point where she's going to kick the most ass in the universe so quickly because of that initial post credit sequence and because we know she has to appear in Avengers Endgame to change the game and save basically the whole universe immediately. So she has to be right. up to speed to save the universe after one movie, whereas we've been able to see, for the most part, men uh, go from, like, I'm just a normal dude or... You know, I'm a scrawny guy and I'm like trying to do the right thing, which is Captain America. And I'm like a jack. Now I'm a jack super soldier and I got to deal with that. Or I'm a god and <laughs> I got de- I got a lot of stuff yeah. to deal with. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff to deal with. We've ha- we've watched men like deal with a lot of stuff over, you know, <laughs> what is it? Like f- 15 but movies at this point that- more. Is it? Oh, so many movies. Isn't that like just so accurate of like? It is, but it makes me like I'm a man like, and a woman are given like a burden, a responsibility, a task, a, a, a calling, and the woman's like, I best I better I better roll up my sleeves and do it. And the man's like, but why? But why? My but soul, my heart, like, my my heart, my soul, my identity, like you know. I've got to work my way up to this, da, 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 and the woman's just like, okay, I guess I got to roll with this. I mean, I, you are correct. You're correct. But I wish that they had <laughs> kind of given her... I mean, Ant-Man has more than one movie. Like I know. Uh, it's, 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 it's not... It's very unjust, right? So, like, yeah. I guess ideally, right, this movie would have come out five years ago. Yes. Right? And then yes. when we all saw the pager at the end of Avengers, we would be like, oh, thank God, Captain Marvel's coming. Like, geez, where's <laughs> exactly. she been? Or right. there would have been a series of, like, a series of movies of her in space or a series of movies where she's, like, in the early th- 2000s, like, doing something or, like, who knows? But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. But but let's let's take a minute to talk about the space gem just really okay. quickly so yeah the earliest we know of the space gem is that red skull has it what is red skull <laughs> is red, red skull, skull a person is yes we we okay and the only reason i remember this is because we I talked know, about just, red skull no. <laughs> okay but we like talked, i never was clear on what he is so he's a human who was exposed to some bad super soldier serum is so we talked about Red Skull because he was in... Uh, <laughs> I know, the, he was the soul Avengers gem that... protector. Yeah. Yes. So he's Hugo Weaving's character from the first Captain America. Okay, so so the big unanswered question is how in the name of God did he ever get the space gem to begin with? But, so Red Skull has the gem. Then okay. Captain America... So then the whole plot of the first Captain America is like Captain America gets the gem, right? And then my understanding is that Hydra steals the gem. And now we now know from this movie, Marvel steals the gem probably from Hydra. <laughs> and now Marvel is trying to use it to create a thing. And we need then... a Rogue One style movie that's yes! just like follows <laughs> the, the, the Tesseract. Follow the space gem. <laughs> and then Nick Fury has the space gem. And then we go into the 
events of the first Avengers where Loki steals it, right? Loki steals it from a, from, who's that guy? I know, his name is like Olaf Olofsson or something. It's, I know I know what you're talking yeah, about. Um, uh, I'm thinking of that episode of Dr. Jim <laughs> Whitlock. Totally American. I'm from Maine. Um, <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan I'm so, sorry, all people of Scandinavian extract. <laughs> Olaf Olofsson. So Stellan Skarsgård has, is a doc, is like a, a researcher, I think, for Fury's. Yes. And so yes. Loki mind uh, freaks him, basically. Bean freaks <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård <laughs> to steal the Tesseract. And that's where this kind of picks right, up. And that's the first. So the, the space gem has gotten around more than anything <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> Let's not, you know, shame the Tesseract. For... <laughs> How did it get uh, on Earth in the first place? Unanswered. Why does Earth have both the space gem and the time gem? Unanswered. Well, the, the, the time gem comes to Earth. Because of another guy whose origin story we saw, Doctor Strange. So the time gem I, was so the being ancient one was lo- not an Earthling, right? Um, okay. So, or actually, wait, no, she is. So the character's originally like Tibetan, I think. So, but yes. it's just on a remote part of earth and they are protecting it but they have yeah but it's still the same planet like how did space gem and time gem get to this backwater but i'm saying the the time gem because the dr strange peeps have the ability to go you know swipe themselves from universe to universe it has been on other planes of existence i think okay we need other things one of my nerd friends brought up who i saw this movie with was when we are at the beginning of the first avengers movie Mm-hmm. They, Coulson keeps calling S.H.I.E.L.D. like strategic homeland initiative for blah, blah, blah. Like, they don't use the phrase S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first Avengers movie. It's not That's until right. one of the Avengers says, like, so, oh, you should say S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> so the strategic homeland, homeland something, something. Initiative. Yeah. Um, the, when Peggy Carter started S.H.I.E.L.D., it had a different name. It was like the, it was the SSR. I forget what the S, I've. Strategic Scientific Reserve. That was what it was initially called mm. when Peggy Carter helped to found it. But then it became this strategic... Home- oh, so you're saying Nick Fury in this movie saying we're from S.H.I.E.L.D. is like an anachronism? Yeah, it, it's not just saying we're from S.H.I.E.L.D. They have S.H.I.E.L.D. branded baseball caps. <laughs> yes, because right? he says, so- put this on because you look like someone's disaffected niece. That made me laugh so hard. Which is such a great line. Such a great line. <laughs> But yeah, that it's an anachronism for Fury to be calling it Shield when they haven't decided that it is Shield yet. Well, too many <laughs> plates spinning in the air. I think at this point. I know. I mean, I, uh, I apparently have some friends who should be hired as canon uh, keepers of the canon at the MCU. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they have enough people going. Like, I'm sorry, on page. 12 of issue 7 uh, Nick Fury says the following um, that is listen that is not, comic book guy that's not yeah. a knock on those people like I wish I was those people I can't keep any of this straight I was like what do you think is gonna go down now in Endgame she's just gonna show up and change the game or what 
Yeah, and I'm hoping that Monica Rambeau has come into her powers. <laughs> oh, yeah! Because, She's older yeah. now. Right, so she should be 30-ish. She should be Carol's age, quite frankly. Yeah. And uh, in the comics, Monica Rambeau is a very powerful superhero who goes through a lot of various things. So I am hoping to have an Avengers, a new Avengers with no white men in it whatsoever. <laughs> so it's gonna- Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Shuri, uh, Monica Rambeau, you know, just like a, just a whole host of um, people who are not yeah. way back. What's her face? Uh, Wanda. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch, yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. I'm so into that, actually. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> what do I think is actually going to happen? Like, what do I think is, what do I think is going to happen? Like, I don't know, some nerd website that I was looking at was saying, like, well, if Captain Marvel's powers come from being exposed to, like, basically a backwash of energy from the space gem, then maybe Thanos's gauntlet isn't as complete as he thinks it is because she's actually siphoning off a bunch of space gem energy, maybe possibly. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and then it directed me to Marvel.com, a very long explanation of nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> that was no help. <laughs> it was like, there's a 1968 issue where where she does <laughs> nope. a, like a similar thing, and I click. I was so stupid. I clicked on the link, <laughs> and I just got this absolute like text crawl from Marvel that taught me nothing. So that was not great. But yes, I think basically she's going to defeat Thanos, and you know I think that Iron Man and Cap are going to die because I think that that's yeah. what those actors want at this juncture, right? They don't want to yeah. be... They're in their 50s at this point, right? Like, at least... Um, well, let's... Chris Evans is not in his 50s. Chris no, no, Evans I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry. Rob, Robert Downey Jr. is, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm bracing for that. I'm bracing for... My hope is that when Cap dies, he gets reunited with Peggy, and then I can sop myself to death. That's just all I want. <laughs> good plan, good plan. Uh, so as far as Spider-Verse goes, I think you and I both have the feeling that Spider-Verse has ruined us for all superhero yes! movies now. Kate said the same it's thing. Really, it's really a problem. It's really a problem. Like, I mean, I was like, man, that was a really good movie. That's a really solid movie. And then, But there's something in the back of my head going, but nothing causes the joy that Spider-Verse causes. Like, I watched Spider-Verse it was, was like... pure joy, and, and nothing can ever top that. Yeah, I agree. And I think... You know, Kate was Kate basically said, I think Spider-Verse means that like even a solid movie is disappointing. I mean, this was in some ways a break from the Marvel MCU tradition, but in other ways like very standard, fair. Mhm. And I think a couple of like before I saw Spider-Verse and before, you know, that totally changed my outlook on what is possible for the genre if we can be brave about it. You know, this one had some cool stuff, but to me, I was like, yeah, Spider-Verse. That's Spider-Verse, though. (laughs) That's Spider-Verse, though. Exactly. That was it. Uh, So good. Yeah, it's a problem. We can't can't review all movies with in the back of our hearts that spider-verse though you know it's like yeah. you dated someone when you were in high school who and you're like high school sweethearts and now that person is like off and lives in kansas city or something you can't be like that jeff though <laughs> 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 like you can't live your life that way <laughs> i stand by <laughs> I stand by my comment. 
I think we should end there. I don't think anybody <laughs> anything's going to top that, Jeff, though. Okay, I think next, we're probably going to have another hiatus week, right? Because you're going to be out of town. I'm traveling, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. after that, maybe we can kind of roll into a Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah, project. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't ever seen Doctor Strange, so that might be fun That's to start with. That's on Netflix. With. We could do and that. I know, it's yeah. on Netflix. That's another big important thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, until next time, everybody, higher, further, faster, baby. We will see you next time, Carol Core. Here's a truck stop instead of St. Peter's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Andy Coffin's gone wrestling.